Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to Mojo Sports, the Women in League show, episode 10. My name is Dan Frost, and as always, I'm supported by the best panel in the business. Tonight, we've got Tash and we've got Dana, and guys, NRLW season is here, round one, done and dusted. Now we preview round two, and, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's not going to be any easier for a lot of these football teams. I think one of the things we spoke about is that you can't lose games in this tournament, you need to be racking up wins to give yourself a chance at playing in the playoffs. Um, guys, let's jump straight into our listener question, which is who was the most impressive rookie from round one? And there were plenty of them uh, in that first in that first uh, round. Tash, going to start with you. Yeah, Dan, look, I've gone with the Knights number 14, Emma Manzelman. Now, she's... Obviously, a, a rookie on debut. Um, she's only 20 years of age. She played 32 minutes but managed 15 tackles, um, three tackle breaks, one try assist, and she just brought so much energy out there with her. And, and as soon as she starts to develop a game and get a bit more game time, I think, yeah, she's really impressive. Yeah, look, for me, I'm, I'm going to give a rap to a player who's not a Knights player, but in doing so, I'm going to give a rap to a Knights player, which will be no surprise to our listeners. Uh, and that is Josephine Daniels, who uh, played for the Parramatta Reels, um, again, recently on the Mojo Sports, uh, one of our last episodes. If you haven't listened to that, go back and listen. Josephine has an amazing story, and she played um, outstanding for the Parramatta Reels. She was, uh, you know, very, very physical, um, you know, ran for 77 metres, 28 post-contact metres, two tackle breaks, uh, and and the reason why it was so impressive is she was coming up against Jamie Frezard for the Newcastle Knights, and I said I'd slip in a bit of a, a bit of a Knights uh, a plug there. But um, yeah, Jamie was ferocious uh, in defence, was racing up and giving Josephine some problems. But I thought she handled it really, really well, and that puts her in a really good position for the rest of the tournament. Um, so yeah, great job there from Josephine, and yes, Parramatta Eels getting the job done against my Newcastle Knights. Bit of a heartbreaker there, but we won't dwell on that. Uh, Dana, what about yourself? Um, yeah, you know, you, you'll imagine this. You're a rookie coming into the NRLW. There's been this massive break, all of the adrenaline. Uh, it, it must have been a big moment for a lot of these a lot of these girls, but um, there were some pretty impressive performances. Yeah, like, I mean, if I was in the, the situation that some of these girls were in today, I would have been shitting myself. Um, you know, there was a lot on the line. And like you said, it's, it's, is more of a tournament than a competition. There is only five or six rounds before finals. So you've got to be on your A game the whole way through. And some of the girls that displayed that A game professionalism were the Brisbane Broncos. So my choice for this week is Emily Bass. It was her first game of NRLW. Um, she's a Brisbane girl. She got two tries. The first touch of the game, she scored a try on the wing. She's quick. She's got fancy footwork. I just can't wait to see what she can pull through. And honestly, I'm excited to see how far she can get down that wing because she showed some serious speed um, this afternoon. But I also just quickly want to commend Tasha Gale for her incredible commentating on two games today because that was probably the the best part of watching NRLW is, you know, knowing Tasha and having her on this podcast and then listening to her uh, in her element is just incredible as well. So congratulations again, Tasha. Oh, Danny, very, very sweet. And thank you so much. 
All right, guys, let's jump into our first segment for tonight, the breakdown. It's do or die. One game. Got hit in the mouth and acted like somebody took our lunch money. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Um, not everything went to plan at all. Uh, and they run through our ass like through a tin horn, man, and we could not stop them. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure there was plenty of players feeling that in round one. It was physical, it was tough, and uh, yeah, looking ahead to round two, it doesn't get any easier. Uh, let's jump into our first feature game as the St. George Illawarra Dragons take on the Parramatta Reels. Very interesting situation here, Tash, as we've got you know two of these clubs, both uh, were successful in, re- in round one. Let's quickly recap that. So the Dragons, they played out a 20-12 victory over the Gold Coast Titans. Parramatta, Parramatta Eels got the job done against the Newcastle Knights, 13 points to 12 in dramatic circumstances. You know, j- just starting off, Tasha, you know, who do you think was sort of the more impressive team out of, out of that first round? Well, the, the Dragons got it done against the Titans, uh, 20 to 12. Um, Dana's favourite try, as she mentioned, uh, mentioned in our previous episode, you know, really sealed it um, with Quincy Dodd under the under the post. But um, if we're looking at which was the most impressive win, uh, it, either the Dragons or the um, Eels, wow, it was just so exciting, the Eels game and the way that finished up, being in Golden Point. Yeah. So if your question, Dan, was which was the most impressive win, I'm not going to look at the, the spread of the scoreline. I'm going to say it's the Eels with that golden point. No, look, they, they were particularly impressive, but, um, yeah, a few things to work on as well there, and I think that's my reflection on on both of these two uh, teams. Um, Dana, Parramatta Eels, 11 errors. Um, you kind of felt like, you know, they, they really they really struggled to, I guess, get into the contest against the Newcastle Knights. You know, obviously got very, um, you know, got very close towards the end. But, you know, th- this is some of the, the really simple stuff when it comes to rugby league. But, you know, when you think about the message from Dean Witters this week, it's got to be you've got to control the football. Yeah, I was going to say that now that you mentioned it, that is something, it's the completion rate was just, it wasn't where it needs to be. And I think that was for, for both sides. But it's definitely something that is going to have to be worked on this week. Um, because it's just not going to cut it, I don't think, um, against the Dragons. Just like you don't like focusing on the score so much, but when you've got 20 points against 13, like it's a big difference. It's that extra try. It's that extra line break. It's that extra tackle that's going to the defensive is going to stop the team from getting that uh, explosive like margin of points on the board. So I think they're going to have to work on their, their ball skills, uh, hand-eye coordination and just being able to, uh, finalise the quick passes and those plays that I don't think they were quite successful with doing today. Can't agree with you more, Dana, that they there were so many missed try opportunities and, and it just came down to that finishing off that last part and so um, a lot of tries went begging. I mean, yeah, they, they came away with the win but pretty sure Dean Witters won't be happy with um, that error rate and um, the lack of just finishing off those moves. Yeah, two disallowed tries, so things could have looked a little bit different uh, for the Eels. And, Tash, I I guess the other thing to to focus on, they didn't quite win the possession battle against the Knights. That's something they're probably going to need to address. Um, They've certainly got the players to do it. I I thought Maddie Studden was quite impressive in her first uh, hit out for the Parramatta Reels in terms of her kicking game. Uh, she kicked for 212 metres. Would like to see a little bit of support around her. Um, you know, Serena uh, Naitokotoka, 
you know, an impressive young player, very creative. You can see that, but you can see that, you know, still sort of, you know, building that combination with Matty. Um, you know, what's your thoughts on some of the players in and around uh, the halfback? Because, um, yeah, it would certainly help to provide a little bit of support there to try and win this possession battle. Yeah, Dan, Serena looked exciting every time she got the ball. Um, she was ready to, you know, show and go. Um, she was ready to run at herself. But at the same time, she made too many unforced errors. So I think that's definitely something that she's she's going to be working on Um you know, with Witters, he'll be working at it there. Now, Maddie Studden, um, great kicking game. Um, I think I've mentioned that, you know, a problem with Maddie in the past has been that she's not had that extra strength on her body. She's always been a, a, a bit small, but you can tell she's really worked hard in the off-season. She's worked hard with strength and conditioning and just like being able to kick it from the sideline at a distance that you, you used to... Um, you know, be a, be a problem for Maddie because she didn't have that leg strength, but she certainly got that, and um, I'm I'm th- expecting good things from Maddie. Yeah, and just quickly, Dana, you know, you talk about some of the areas of improvement and, you know, these are some of the things to expect um, during the early rounds. But one of the things I was impressed was with the outside backs, you know, the middles, you know, we, we, we pump them up, you know, obviously they're going to be, you know, I, I guess, uh, you know, they're going to be a problem in this competition, but you know, the outside backs, they came in and did a lot of work out of yardage. Um, uh, Tana Navidi, you know, on the wing there, she was great. She, she ran for over 112 meters. Uh, Tiana uh, Penitani, she was very obviously impressive with the, with the try there, 134 meters. Again, that seems to be a formula that could be quite successful for the Eels this year. Yeah. Look, you've got to factor in that you need that speed within this game. And I think that, is across the board uh, with all the games that happened today is speed is going to be an issue, but it can also be such a factor of success within this sport. Um, so I think with the right direction over the next couple of days, especially like, you know, like you said, they're, not, they're probably not going to, yes, they came home with the win. Uh, they're not going to cop the best rah-rah, you did the best speech from their coach and the team, um, but they'll go into next week with a bunch of improvements and hopefully we could see that that speed pick up and the completion rate and just the, the backs really pushing through and helping the rest of the team. Yeah, and getting the two points, I, I think, is the main thing. All right, Tash, we don't like to single out one player. One player I do want to focus in on, you know, this, this Parramatta team, they're on the road uh, against the Dragons, who will be at home. They're going to be the underdogs here. And uh, Nita Maynard in that hooking role, she's going to come up against, you know, two of the best dummy halves in the game at the moment. Talk to us a little bit about Nita. Um, she was quite impressive in that first hit out, but she's really going to have to step things up um, if Parramatta are going to get the upset win here. Yeah, it was a very physical game. Um, I think Nita Maynard copped a, a, a couple of... A, you know, hits um, high in the head. Um, but Keely Davis certainly suffered a, a head clash. So I don't think we've seen the best of either of them. Nita Maynard is a very experienced um, dummy half and she's always amazing at how she can, um, you know, pick apart the, the lazy uh, returners or the uh, markers, maybe not square. But um, Keely Davis... I think if, if, if we're going to see somebody improve more from the, the round one game, I think it's going to be Keely Davis. Yeah, Tash, on the, on the back of Nita, I think that, like you said, she's an untapped talent and I just don't think we've seen her full capacity in this game. Um, I feel like she went a bit unnoticed today, although, you know, she did help to square it back up to get them back into their, 
their plays that they've trained, like practiced at training and that kind of thing. But I just think she flew a little bit under the radar compared to, to Keely. Um, but yeah, I think that's something you need to improve from her. And like you said, you know, Keely had a massive head clash in there as well, offering HIA and came back in the second half. And, you know, I still think she was more present on the field than, than Nita was. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, and, and let's, you know, fingers crossed, no more head injuries. So I think the dummy halves and hookers have had enough uh, uh, of that during round one. All right, guys, well, let's flip it over to the Dragons. And Tasha nailed it. You know, the Dragons, obviously, they fought their way against the Gold Coast Titans. Guys, I, I thought, you know, looking at the game, realistically, they probably should have won this game by more, but they just kept the door open for the Gold Coast. Uh, Tasha, we spoke about the error count from the Parramatta Reels. You ready for this one? 14 errors uh, from the Dragons players. You know, again, you know, they're going to be in the box seat here at home. They won their first round. But, again, this is something they're going to have to address during the week. Yeah, Dan, as I mentioned, the scoreline 20 to 12 sounds a little bit convincing, but that was only really cemented just right at the end. It was a tussle the entire game. And the Dragons are definitely going to have to reduce that error count, especially they're they're playing at Wynn Stadium. And they're really going to want to put on a polished performance and a polished performance for for the full 70 minutes because, remember, the NRLW this year has um, upped its halves from 30 minutes to 35. And those extra 10 minutes at the end of the day do mean something and you just can't be having those unforced errors. Yeah, I was going to, I 100% agree with you there, Tash and Dan, because you look at the the errors and, yeah, Dragons got the win, had 14 errors. Titans had 15. And like, like you said, that last try that kind of solidified it was only at, at the siren. Um, you know, there's still, the Dragons missed 22 tackles, you know, 14 that didn't really make a difference. They've got just, they need to improve on their, like, just consistency, I think is something that needs to be looked at this week um, and just that, like, the completion rate. The errors that have happened weren't unavoidable. They were definitely just um, poor hands, poor eyes, poor direction. And I think it can all be worked on and just how quickly they can turn that around as well is going to be a major play. Yeah, so Tash, simple as that, you know, I think for the Dragons in terms of holding on to the ball and, and sort of cleaning that up. Uh, let's move over to the positive now in terms of their performance. I thought Rachel Pearson was really impressive. You know, a bit of a slow start into the game, sort of fighting her way, but towards the back end, she really opened up with her kicking game. I thought she really took control. 260 kick metres was really impressive. But, you know, when you talk about I'd like to see a little bit more support for Maddie Studden, I probably feel the same with Rachel. Uh, you know, their number six, their 5'8", uh, Fui Maono, you know, probably, you know, had, had a couple of, uh, you know, struggling moments with that left edge. They're really trying to find their way with a few drop passes. But, um, yeah, probably the same thing there in terms of the Dragons. You know, a little bit of more support around the halfback as they, as both teams are going to try and win the possession battle. Yeah, Dan, there was a lot of talk about that going going in, you know, the, the two sort of um, the rookie number six and seven, uh, not, not really tested. But I think... Um, Rachel Pearson really impressed. She had a, you know, a pretty strong um, Harvey Norman uh, season last year. So she, people thought she was going to do well, but it's always hard when you step it up into NRLW. But she showed some outstanding uh, footwork at the line. So I was really impressed with her. Yeah, and, and Dana, just simple football from the Dragons because, you know, w- you know, one of the things you do take away from this football team is what 
about this forward pack. I mean, you, you know, Elsie Albert, you know, she was she was outstanding. Kezi Apps did her thing, ran for over 100, 101 metres. And then, you know, you look at, uh, you know, uh, Holmes, Ben Wheeler, you know, in that in that back row lock position. The, the Dragons, they were outstanding when it comes to their forward pack, and that's something they're going to bring to the table in this one. You know, I, I love watching Elsie Albert. She's just, I feel like she's such a very, a very versatile player and it's, again, a, a little bit underrated as well. But, you know, she can, she's a bigger girl, but she can hit hard and she can run and she's got the speed. Um, you know, she's obviously not as, as fast as she, Jamie Chapman's and Paige McGregor because they played an incredible game today as well. Um, but I'm excited to see if she can pick up that footwork, how quickly she's going to improve uh, within the squad and it's just going to be incredible to see. Yeah, look, Dragon supporters, Parramatta supporters, this is going to be an unbelievable clash. I think it's going to be very, very close. Uh, but no sitting on the fence. It's time to pick our winner here, Tash. Uh, yeah, have a go at this one. Yeah, I'm going to take the Dragons at home. Uh, I think home field advantage, um, even though your precious Knights went down this week, but I think um, that will really help the Dragons um, having the home game and I think they'll just get over the top of the Eels. Yeah, look, for me, I have to agree with you, Tash. I'm going to go the Dragons here. Um, just trying to predict improvements in both of the squads. And, uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, the Dragons, you know, a few things, a few adjustments, and, and I reckon things could have looked very, very different for them in round one. They could have had an even more impressive victory there. So I'm going to go the Dragons at home. Uh, Dana, you get last say on this one. Do we have a clean sweep or a bit of love for the girls out west? No, I'm going to – I'll be the odd one out, and I'll give some love to Parramatta because, you know, like I had – have said there is a lot of room for improvement. Uh, it is a new team, but I think if they can focus on completion rates and their ball skills this week, I think they will uh, give Dragons a bit of a run for their money. Yeah, excellent. All right, guys, well, let's jump into our second feature game this week, and it is the Sydney Roosters who will be licking their wounds after, yeah, what was a very tough outing against the Brisbane Broncos. Coming up against the Gold Coast Titans, who, new to the competition in a similar situation, they did lose their first game against the Dragons. But, uh, Tash, let's start with the Sydney Roosters. What was your sort of thoughts? Um, you know, it was always going to be a very tough matchup coming up against uh, the champions in the Brisbane Broncos, but what were your thoughts on the Roosters? Well, Dan, every time I tip against the Broncos, I get punished. But I went into uh, that game thinking, look, you know, the Roosters with all their um, their Central Coast players that have already gelled, they've got um, Head as the coach who's who's coached them all year. I thought they've the Broncos have always had that advantage of having those combinations already set. And I thought if there was a team that was going to do it, it's going to be the Roosters. And you know what? They went nowhere near doing it. So I was really disappointed with their performance today. Yeah, a little bit difficult, Dana. And COVID hit them. Uh, Corbin Baxter ruled out just before kickoff. I mean, that's going to make things very, very difficult. But, um, yeah, what were, your, what were your thoughts on the Roosters? Um, you know, it's a bit of an interesting situation they've got there, obviously, with, uh, with their two big stars. Stars in the centres here, and Jess Surgis, Isabel Kelly. What were your thoughts on their performance? I feel uh, Izzy was good. She was very, um, she was kind of each there and everywhere. She was kind of all over the field. She was where she needed to be. I think she she played all right. She had 169 run meters, um, you know, which is pretty good considering they had minimal possession of the ball, um, especially in that second half. But I feel like um, Jess, although they were told that they had free reign of of the field, I just feel like Jess didn't live up to. Uh, expectations uh, for the game, whether that's just because of the, 
you know, she's new to the team. It was missing Corbin. It was some gelling issues or just the nerves. You don't know. But I think there was definitely something missing today because I don't think the the game should have blown out it did today, which is pretty much replaying that that grand final. Yeah, Tash, I, I think uh, like a lot of these teams that, that lost in their in their first round, I think coming up into this game against the Titans, they're going to be a lot better. The Roosters are going to clean up a lot of things. But, you know, probably one of the things that you, you can't do against the Broncos is, in, is when you make an error, when you make a mistake, the Broncos are going to punish you. Uh, the Titans... They didn't necessarily show that in the first round. So, you know, the, the Roosters, you know, they made a mistake. They were punished against the Broncos. Whether the Titans can do that, um, you know, remains to be seen. Uh, but, Tash, you know, it wouldn't be an Emojo episode if we didn't call out, you know, one player who did have a very um, impressive performance. That was Hannah Southwell. Um, talk to us about, you know, her performance there. Um, definitely got through a lot of work in defence. Yeah, Hannah lived up to all expectations. Um, she is consistently good. Her tackling technique is incredible. She, I don't know how many tackles she pulled off, but I know it was a significant amount. And just she's just always consistent there for you. Go for the go forward, go forward. When other players can sort of let you down, Hannah Southwell ne- never does. And it was just disappointing that she was um, part of a team that didn't really bring it all together. Yeah, a bit, bit of a bit of a leader out there. You can see she was marshalling the troops and getting very frustrated at the loss. And I just think that uh, yeah, things might turn around for them this week. Uh, two of the more impressive players for the Roosters was their back rowers. Yasmin Meeks was outstanding on the left edge, and I thought Olivia Kernick was probably the best player on the field. So uh, and Taylor, um, yeah, Taylor up front in the, in the middle. She's uh, she's someone pretty special as well. So look, plenty to improve upon for the Sydney Roosters, uh, and it's going to be interesting to see how they come up against the Gold Coast Titans. All right, guys, let's flip it over to the Titans. Tash, a very interesting football team because, you know, you you know, you know, you obviously get the you know the comparison between the two Queensland clubs and you see the Brisbane Broncos. They've been together for a very long time. They're gelling. The Gold Coast Titans, they're stacked with individual talent, but you just got a little bit of the sense that, you know, this is a team that has been put together for the first time and they're going to take a little bit of time in terms of building their combinations. Yeah, for sure. But I just thought that, you know, the go-to players, you know, like your Kimi or uh, Braley Nati and your Brittany Braley Nati. Um, if anybody should be able to work together, it should be those two. Um, and I just really don't think they lived up to the, to the expectations today. They, they didn't fire for the Titans. And, and when you've got two very experienced players like that, um, you know, in, in important positions in the spine, the seven and the nine, and, and they're not firing, then it's hard to get what they've got six other rookies um, on debut out there with them. So, yeah, it's a little bit disappointing that the, the players that they really rely upon in those areas just, just didn't really fire today. See, I'm, I'm going to go against you there, Tash, because I actually think that they played really well uh, as a team, I feel like. You know, there's obviously always room for improvement, but I the standouts for me today uh, were Tamsin Gray and Steph Hancock. I just think that they both played really well. Tamsin Gray just hits hard, kind of uh, hit after hit. I feel like she was just very strong down the middle um, and she put up a fight a lot of times. And I think her defense was was on point. Um, You know, if the rest of the club can kind of get on that level and just kind of have that consistency, I think they'll be right for next week. Yeah. Dana, I'm actually agreeing with you there. I just don't think that the Braley Nartis 
lived up to expectations. But Tasman Gray, I really think she just kept trying to drive forward, kept trying to drive forward. And, and um, you know, Varney Polite, she had a great game as well. Like so, the, so there's a lot of people out there. Karina Brown, I mean, she just she just keeps on keeping on, and there's not all that much of her. So I think that they've got all those elements, and some of them performed well. But when you've got a couple of members of your spine that you really are relying on that aren't clicking, um, you know, it costs you games. Yeah, no, that, that was kind of my thoughts on the Gold Coast Titans. Uh, they actually probably they probably lost the middle, which was a little bit surprising. So uh, there's a lot of pride in that forward pack, and I think that's something we're going to see this week. Um, you know, those second row, yeah, Tasman Gray, outstanding there. The fullback of Arnia um, seems to be a very special talent there as well. Tiana Reftran-Smith, uh, you know, Tasha, you've been, you've been calling it. She was, um, you know, you, you get the sense that they've got a strike centre there. So even just sort of, you know, um, you know, working towards uh, Tiana, I think will be a good there. But, um, yeah, you're right. The spine did struggle. Uh, I thought in particular the kicking game, the kicking game really needs to improve. Uh, and a little bit of the theme of the podcast was those errors. Uh, it appears that if you drop a lot of football, you're going to lose in this competition. And that was definitely the challenge there for, for the Titans. Yeah, Dan, you mentioned uh, Tiana Raffstrand-Smith and I've been, you know, uh, advocating for her. I think she's great. Um, She's very, very strong. There's a number of positions that she can play. Um, I think she scored a try, but there's one time where she rushed off off the line a little bit too soon and, and, you know, that cost them four points. So she's only, I think, 19 so there's certainly some some areas areas that she can work upon, but I'm really looking forward to a bright future for for her. Yeah, the Jamie Chapman uh, Vitiana that was a special <laughs> that was a special contest, and both players um, sort of came. I, I think there was sort of a bit of a draw there. They they both had their wins and losses, but um, no, it was pretty impressive. So all right, guys, we'll look at certainly some improvements. Um, again, interesting feature games this week where we had the Dragons Eels. They both won their first games. Roosters Titans. One of these teams is going to get back. They're going to bounce back, and that's my question for you. No sitting on the fence. Time for predictions. Tash, which team is going to bounce back and get their first win for the NRLW competition? I'm thinking the Titans. Uh, I think that, um, you know, where they've come off a loss, there was so much potential there. And, uh, uh, you know, I've got a lot of faith that um, those sort of errors can be fixed up. Um, they it cost them a lot, but not too much to fix up, if, if that makes sense. Um, and so it'll make a big difference to their game. So, yeah, I think the Titans will come away with this win. Yeah, and I, I should have mentioned each week we have an underdog tip of the week. So, Tash, that's yours. Um, yeah, I like that. Gold Coast Titans get the upset. Dana, what about, what about this game? Yeah, I was just going to jump in and say the exact same thing. Um, I think that... The Titans, like Tash said, if they've got little things that can be fixed, but I think they played a, I think they played a stellar first half, um, you know, and I think that once they get that momentum and that little bit of improvement and that little bit of gelling, bit more of gelling together over the next week, ironing out the kinks, I reckon they will give the Roosters a real good run, and I think they'll they'll get the win over them next week. All right. Well, I'm going to jump over the other side. I'm going to go to the Sydney Roosters to bounce back. I thought they were quite impatient um, during the early uh, periods of that Broncos game, and they made errors and they were punished for that. I think they're going to clean things up. Um, look, if the Roosters are leading at halftime, they win this football game. The Roosters need to come out. They need to start strong. And look, I think they can do that with their forward pack. There's some pretty special plays there. So uh, the Roosters for me. 
All right, guys, let's jump into our final segment for tonight, Rapid Fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is singing closing time. Maybe that's what you mean. All right, guys, and this week on Rapid Fire, we are going to have a look at the last remaining game in round two, and that is the Newcastle Knights for the, the Brisbane Broncos. Now, Tash, this is Rapid Fire. We're going to have to whip through this one, but you're going to have to try and jump in and stop me because there's so much to talk about when it comes to these football teams. But one of the things I do want to set you up with is, you know, the Knights, they're going to be heavy underdogs coming into this game, and it's not so much about the Newcastle Knights, but it's more about what we saw from the Brisbane Broncos Again, we, you know, we speak quite often about how impressive they are, but I'm going to hand the mic to you and talk a little bit about Brisbane because, you know, you know, I guess people are tiring a little bit of the Brisbane Broncos narrative, but, you know, you've got to give credit to them. They were outstanding in round one and, you know, they're probably going to improve coming into this game. Yeah, the Broncos definitely are the, the, the team to beat again, fourth year running. Um, but it's just all the little elements that they've got in, in their um, squad, it's, it, you know, if you contain uh, Tamika Upton, then Aiken's going to take off. And if you try to contain Aiken, then Brigginshaw's either going to go herself or put somebody else through. And you look at the forward pack, you've got, you know, Millie Boyle, who played a blinder, even though she she looked a bit funny with her, all, the, all the bandaging and whatnot. Um, that girl just played incredibly well. And Chelsea leonard you know, dragging four players, always gives the offload. Um, they are just such a force to be reckoned with. It's just going to be a really tough game for the Knights. But having said that, um, you know, the Knights not completing their sets with a kick will make a big difference. And I think Dane is going to tell us that that's something that can be um, pretty easily rectified. I, yeah, no, nah, I don't know. I don't think so. Um, unfortunately, I think that Newcastle played a great game against another uh, new team. You know, they're also the underdogs, but I think the the fact that Brisbane is such a strong side, like Millie Boyle and herself, she had 223 run metres for one game. She didn't even play a full 80 minutes. Like that is just next level and that's one player. Like, you don't factor in Emily Bass's two tries as her debut. Like, you know, Amber Hall was a, a reckon as well. And I just, unfortunately, I don't think that Newcastle is going to be able to contain the score as well as the Roosters did this week. You know, like, you look at it in 420, it's, it doesn't seem like a containment. But if you watch the game, the amount of defence that the Roosters had to put on to stop the Broncos from blowing out that score was incredible. So... I, I just, but I don't think that Newcastle have the ability to do that yet. So I think it's just going to be a, a massive blowout to, to the Broncos. Tasha, it's interesting, isn't it, when you look at the Brisbane Broncos? Because I have two thoughts on this. I thought they took the foot off the gas uh, against the Roosters. Uh, that could have been a cricket score, you know, the way in which they started that contest. But in saying all of that, you know, you're right. You look at their one through seven, you know, you look at all of their players. And they all played outstanding. And sometimes we overcomplicate this great game of ours, this rugby league. If every one of your players play well, you're going to win the football game. And, and, and you know, there's literally, you know, you look through their entire list and everyone was outstanding. Um, just want to pick out a couple of plays. You've already spoken about them. Chelsea Lenarduzzi's offload is unbelievable because every single player... Uh, fan, coach, <laughs> opposition know that she's going to do it. But there's one thing knowing it, but, um, 
yeah, good luck stopping it because yeah, Chelsea's ability to hit the hit the uh, hit the line, take defenders with her, and do that offload each and every time it's uh, it's devastating. Yeah, Dan, like it's not uncommon, and she did it again today. That that there will be, and you can watch the replay and count them. That there there will be four players on her, and somehow she manages to offload the ball, and. You know, offloads lead to tries and it's just outstanding. And that that is what makes superstars in our great game is that you know they can do it and sometimes you know when and where they're going to do it but you just can't stop them doing it. And that's Chelsea Lenarducci with her offloads. I love her. Yeah, no, she was pretty special to watch live there. Uh, Dana, talking about a special person, player to watch, Ali Brigginshaw, uh, often uh, referred to as one of the goats uh, in the game. Uh, Ali, you know, when you look at when you look at all of the games now, and you know, some of the teams, there look to be a little bit of impatience, a little bit of uh, panic, uh, you know, across multiple teams. It's the complete op- opposite with the Brisbane Broncos, and it's largely because of Ali. You know, you watch her sort of just demand the way she instructs her players, and on fifth tackle, she's in complete control. Uh, and she just has this ability to get an outcome uh, with her kicking game. She's often kicking it into legs, forcing an error. Ali always seems to be able to come up with the right option, and she has the ability to bring the best out of the players around her. Dana, is she getting better? I mean, is it possible that you know we're going to see the best out of Ali uh, in this tournament? Nick, you mentioned it. Like, Is it possible for her to get better? Um, scarily enough, I think that it is. Uh, I think she's a player that can predict what's going to happen without it even happening. And she knows how to make it happen, even if she has a tiny kick as the part of the entire play that's set up to get it to where it needs to be. But I feel she, with this week's game, she was very, she was there, but she wasn't at her best potential. But that's where, you know, Millie shined through, um, Kaylin Phillips shined through, you know, like I said, Sinead, Amy Turner, Julie Robinson played a great game as well. Um, so I think, like you said, she's a very good directions and whether she's the star of the game or she's just there to help control it and help everyone else flow through, she's an impeccable player. And, yeah, scarily enough, I think she's just going to keep getting better and I'm, I wouldn't want to go up against her because you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, Dana, you're right. She doesn't always have to be the superstar, but you know she can be. And she will produce it when her team needs it. Um, she's an absolute superstar in that respect. And we were all surprised that the, the greatest halfback in our great game last year or last season moved to the lock position. And that turned out to be a very successful um move for the Broncos but it's good to see her back in in the number seven and because I I think take a little less stress off her defensively you know when you're playing in the number 13 you've got to do a lot of work defensively Um, and she's creative she watches the game and I think she does that best from the number seven so yeah I think we're going to see an even better Ali Brigginshaw. Yeah, she's an absolute conductor. And that block shape that she's that she's got with Tamika Upton, I mean, they are so in sync. And, again, the opposition know it's coming, but uh, good luck defending it. Um, 
No, that's pretty special. All right, guys, let's flip it over to my mighty Newcastle Knights, the best franchise in sporting history. Uh, Tash, we're up against it here. Obviously, we're heavy underdogs. I guess one of the things that's going to have to happen is the Knights are going to have to be perfect. Um, as the Roosters shown in that first game, you make errors, you give you know you give Broncos opportunities, they're going to take it. So the Knights have to be perfect. Probably one of the ways in which they can do that, and you touched on this earlier, they need to address this fifth tackle situation. They've got quite a few playmakers within the squad. Um, they really need to finish their sets a little bit better, um, especially against the Broncos. Yeah, Dan, I'm, I'm all for one. When you start off your set of six, your halfback or your playmaker needs to know exactly where they want to um, have to hand over the ball. And so maybe they've been told, yep, okay, as long as you hand over the ball deep deep in the opposition's um, corner, then that's okay. But no, it's not. You've got to know where you want to turn the ball over, but you've got to know, need to know what type of kick you're going to need to get you there. And, you know, the Knights have got some awesome talent on the boot and I just don't think they used it. Well, they didn't for so many to conclude the sets of six. They didn't get repeat sets. They didn't. It's Yeah, I just disagree with this going dead with the ball on the fifth. Yeah, Tasha, I, I think it's about building pressure, you know, and that's something the Knights are going to have to they're going to have to work through when it comes to the Brisbane Broncos. All right, guys, time for predictions. Now, I'm going to get this out of the way pretty quickly because I kind of tip against my Newcastle Knights. So things are going to go perfect for the Newcastle Knights. Romy, uh, Romy's going to shine there, our skipper, at fullback, and we are going to finish our sets a little bit more effectively. Um, and I was impressed by our forward pack. I think if we can continue that, we are a chance, but um, definitely up against it this week. All right, Tash, Dana, this is probably going to be a quick round the grounds. I'm getting some nods here. Are we thinking the Broncos are going to get the victory here? Oh, 100%. 100%. Like, it's unfortunately, as much as I don't like to come off, like I'm favouring my Broncos girls, but unfortunately when you've got four years of experience in the same camp, you've got all these kids coming up through uh, the development program up in Brisbane, they've got that gel, they've got that synchronicity, um, and like we've said, whether Ali's on her A game or Millie's on her A game or Tamika Upton is like one of them drops out, doesn't matter. They've got six other playmakers that can push the game forward. So unfortunately for your Knights, I think they're going to go down. Not because it's going to say that they're going to go down without a fight, but I think they're going to go down and I think they're going to go down hard. Uh, Not what I want to hear. Tash, um, Broncos took the foot off the gas uh, against the Roosters. There's going to be, you know, a little bit of improvement within their team, but yeah, there's a lot of improvement in this Newcastle Knights team. Can they do it within a week against the current uh, three-peat champions? It's it's hard to say, but um, yeah, what's your prediction here? Well, Jamie Frassard went went out for the Knights and really showed what she wants and aggression and and played great. And, you know, Caitlin Johnson does time and time again. Um, So having said that, you know, if the – no, the Broncos are just going to run away with it. I'm so sorry, Dan. I can handle it. I can handle it. But, uh, no, definitely tune in for that one because that will be a good test for the Newcastle Knights. Showed plenty of promise in their first game against Parramatta, but can anyone stop – the Brisbane Broncos. All right, guys. Well, that's all the time we have tonight. Just want to thank my amazing panel, always bringing the heat as we talk all things rugby league. And to our listeners, again, thank you for all of your support here at Mojo Sports. We really do appreciate it. Continue to download the podcast, share with family and friends. And until next time, we'll catch you then.
You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.